بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه. The Jum'ah Khutbah is an essential reminder that calls the believers every Friday to increase in taqwa, God consciousness. This series shares Jum'ah Khutbahs that take place at the Al-Maqasid Seminary. Inna alhamdulillah, hamdan yaliqu bi jalali wajhihi wa azimi sultanih. اللهم لك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وقرة أعيننا ونور قلوبنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل وسلم وبارك وكرم على عبدك المصطفى سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الأطهار وأصحابه الأخيار ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين أما بعد فيا عباد الله إني أوصيكم وإياي بتقوى الله لا إله إلا الله تقوى الله التي لا يقبل غيرها ولا يرحم إلا أهلها ولا يثيب إلا عليها وأحسن يرحمكم الله إن رحمة الله قريب من المحسنين All praise belongs to Allah سبحانه وتعالى The all-powerful, the one without partner we bear witness that there is nothing worthy of worship save Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we bear witness that our noble and beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam is his final prophet and messenger sent as a mercy to all of creation. My beloved elders, brothers and sisters, I remind myself and all of you to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we should have taqwa of Allah, we should have such a God consciousness that we recognize and realize in every moment and in every circumstance and situation that we are utterly in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we regularly turn to Him and ask from Him and seek His assistance and support for everything that we deal with and go through in our lives. One of the ways that we acquire taqwa and one of the ways that we realize it in our lives is through actualizing our servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the greatest manifestations and one of the greatest ways that we can do that, that we can actualize our ubudiyah, our servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is by recognizing our neediness before him. Every single one of us, if we reflected on it, we realize we don't even know what's going to happen to us today. We might have a plan. We might assume that we know what's going to happen to us. But in reality, we don't know what's going to happen. We cannot guarantee any specific outcome, not today and not any day in our lives. So we realize that we are at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. And we turn to him, asking him to fulfill our needs in the best of ways. And this is why dua is so essential. 
And this is why dua, it relates to certitude, and it relates to iman, and it relates to tawheed, and recognizing the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The grandson of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, one of the great tabi'een and one of the great imams of this deen, his name is Salim bin Abdullah bin Umar, radiyallahu anhum ajma'een. He once was approached by the emir, the prince, the governor who ruled at the time, Hisham ibn Abdul Malik. He saw him at the Kaaba. So the governor, the ruler, he sees this righteous descendant of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab at the Kaaba. And he says, you know, this is a righteous man. I want to seek favor with Allah. So let me do him a favor. Let me be good to him so that Allah shows goodness to me. So he approaches Salim bin Abdullah bin Umar and he says, ask me for anything that you need. Sir, there must be something you want. And if one of us was in that position and someone of means and someone of ability and, and influence, so quote unquote, so to speak, says, what do you want? Let me do you a favor. Say, well, hmm, let me think about it. But Sayyidina Salim bin Abdullah bin Umar, he was of a different understanding, of a heightened understanding and realization. So he, so he replies to this governor, Hisham ibn Abdul Malik, who offers him, let me do something for you. Salim bin Abdullah bin Umar, he says, I'm too shy to ask you for something when I am standing before the Kaaba. I'm in Allah's house. Why would I ask you for something when I'm in Allah's house? I am at the doorstep of generosity. I've entered the door. I'm here. You want me to ask you for something? I can't do that. So then he waited a while later, and they exited from the haram. They exited from the sanctuary. And once again, he asks him, ask me for any need. So he turns to him and he says, do you want me to ask you for a worldly need or a need that I have in the akhirah, in the next life? So the akhirah, I, can't, I don't have any influence over there. A need in this life. He said, I didn't ask for anything of this world from the one who owns it. Why would I ask it from someone who doesn't control it and own it? When I was in the haram, I didn't even ask Allah for the dunya. Why would I ask you for it? And he's the one who controls it and owns it. It's his dominion. So why would I ask you for it? It shows us this heightened realization that is acquired through ubudiyah, through servitude, through dua. That we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we ask our needs of him. And we realize that he is the one who fulfills our needs. He is the one who answers our prayers, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every other human being, no matter how things might appear on the outside, they are created and limited just like we are. So we turn to Allah whenever we have something, whether it relates to work or school or family or provisions, whatever it may be. We turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And especially when it relates to things of a spiritual nature. Taqwa, knowledge, nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we persistently and consistently ask of him. An Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu anna al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal ma min musliman yad'u bi da'watin laysa fiha ithmun wala qati'atu rahimin the Prophet ﷺ said, whenever a Muslim makes a dua 
as long as there is nothing sinful that they're asking in that dua, nor are they cutting off family relations through that dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers it. Whenever a Muslim makes dua, as long as it's not one of those things that are displeasing to Allah, Allah answers it and gives him one of three things. Either Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hasten and respond and give that person what he's asking for in the life of this world. Oh Allah, I need a job. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens the door and you get a job. Or, Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stores it up and leaves it for the hereafter. It's something that the person will find in the hereafter. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ward off some evil through that dua. So a person, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, makes a dua. Maybe it was decreed that they would have a car accident. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wards that off. It's removed from their path because of the dua that they made. And a person might not never even know it. Or they might get really close and say, whoa, the angels were with me. It was just uh, seemed like we were going to hit each other. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved me. Maybe it was because of a dua that you had made. So the Sahaba, they say to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, because you have to understand, we might have heard this hadith before. We might be aware of this. But for the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they are learning revelation as it is coming fresh in the moment from the heavens. So many of these things to them are new and discoveries in the sight of the Sahaba. So they say to the Prophet ﷺ, if that's the case, if Allah is always going to give us when we make a dua, then we are going to make abundant dua. So they said, we're going to make a lot of dua. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Allahu Akthar, Allah is even more generous and has more capability and power to answer your dua. You can never outstrip him with your dua, subhanahu wa ta'ala. You make a lot of dua, Allah will give you even more. You increase, Allah will give you an increase. And there is no end to his giving, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we should make calling upon Allah, turning to Allah, asking from him. If there's something that we go through and we say, I'm feeling a particular way, I need some sort of solution. Dua should not be the last resort. It should be the first resort. And unfortunately, sometimes people miss the nuance. They say, oh, you say make dua and strengthen your iman, and it means you don't actually deal with the problems. Nobody said that. You take the means available to you. If you can actually engage and uh, respond in a particular situation according to what is pleasing to Allah, then do so. But you realize ultimately the decree, the solution comes from Allah. And that's where the believer begins. That's where the believer begins. And we should always ask Allah. One of the scholars, he said in lines of poetry, Do not ask a need from one of the sons of Adam, another human being, but ask from the one whose doors are never closed. 
Allah is angered if you abandon asking him. And that the human being, when you keep asking from him, even if he's someone who's generous, they eventually get annoyed and upset. Can I have a dollar? Yeah, a dollar's not a big deal. Here's a dollar. The next day, can I have a dollar? Needed a dollar. Yes, okay, here's not a big deal. The fifth day, what do you do? You can't get your own dollars? Even a generous person, it's not a lot, but they're going to get frustrated. The more you ask of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more Allah honors you and brings you closer and bestows his love upon you. So we should make it a point of always turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all of our needs, worldly and spiritual. The Prophet ﷺ, whenever he was faced with a challenge, he would stand up and pray to rak'ahs. Whenever he was faced with a challenge, he would turn to Allah in prayer. One of the things that tends to happen in our lived experience is that when we don't get what we ask for or it doesn't come in the timeline that we hoped for, you make dua, you make dua, you make dua, nothing quote-unquote changes or it doesn't quote-unquote seem to be answered. The hadith previously tells us that it was answered. But it's not answered in this world the way that you potentially asked. So what is the understanding? The shaitan comes and starts to make a person feel despondent. Ah, my dua wasn't answered. No, that's not the case. We should never give up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to hear from his servants. And there are some people, because of how much Allah loves their dua, he allows them to continue to ask for days and weeks and months and years until they are granted what they are seeking because he loves to hear their dua. And there are other people. In the case of the shaitan, we see this even in the Quran. When the shaitan, he said, oh Allah, allow me to live, give me the opportunity to live until the end of time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, You have it immediately. I don't want to even, he, he's not even worth having this discourse with the divine, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you're given it. And go on your way. But the other one is standing at the door, asking, asking. And we have to have the understanding that Allah answers. And that whenever we are making dua, the fact that Allah has given us the tawfiq, the enabling grace to do that, that he has allowed our tongues to move in asking of him, is enough of an answer. Is enough of an answer. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more generous. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Allah loves those who are persistent in their supplication. Yalihuna ala Allah that they continuously ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So take your needs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the most generous. And by doing so, there are so many other gifts of an increase in iman, of being brought closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of being given better than what you seek, of being granted rewards and what no eye has ever seen and no ear has ever heard and has never crossed the human imagination through this dua, through the actualization of our ubudiyah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq. 
والله يقول وقوله الحق المبين وإذا قرئ القرآن فاستمعوا له وأنصتوا لعلكم ترحمون وقال تبارك وتعالى فإذا قرأت القرآن فاستعذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ما يفتح الله للناس من رحمة فلا ممسك لها وما يمسك فلا مرسل له من بعده وهو العزيز الحكيم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the translation of which is whatever mercy Allah opens up for people none can withhold it and whatever he withholds none but him can release it and he is the almighty the most wise barakallahu li wa lakum fil qur'an al-azim wa nafa'na bima fihi min al-ayat wa dhikr al-hakim wa ajarana min khizihi wa adabihi al-alim aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha al-azim li wa lakum wa li walidina wa li jami' al-muslimin fastaghfiruh innahu huwa al-ghafur ar-rahim seek allah's forgiveness indeed he is forgiving and merciful الحمد لله رب العالمين حمدا يوافي نعمه ويكافئ مزيده ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فيا عباد الله إني أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله لا إله إلا الله وأكثر من الصلاة والسلام على البشير النذير السراج المنير سيدنا محمد فإن الله أمرنا بأمر بدأ فيه بنفسه وثنى بالملائكة المسبحة بقدسه وآيها بالمؤمنين تعميما فقال مخبرا وآمرا لهم تكريما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهِ وَسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا المصطفى محمد وعلى مؤازير رسول الله في حالي الساعة والضيق خليفة رسول الله سيدنا أبي بكر الصديق رضي الله عنه وعلى الناطق بالصواب حليف المحراب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه وعلى من استحيت منه ملائكة الرحمن ذو النورين أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عثمان بن عفان رضي الله عنه وعلى أخ النبي المصطفى وابن عمه ووليه وباب مدينة علمه إمام أهل المشارق والمغارب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه وعلى الحسن والحسين سيدي شباب أهل الجنة في الجنة وريحانتي نبيك بنص السنة وعلى أمهم الحوراء فاطمة البتول الزهراء وعلى خديجة الكبرى وعائشة الرضا وأمهات المؤمنين وعلى الحمزة والعباس وسائر أهل بيت نبيك الذي طهرتهم من الدنس والأرجاس وعلى أهل بدر وأهل أحد وأهل بيعة الرضوان وعلى سائر الصحب الأكرمين ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم 
المغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا في مقامنا هذا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك عبدك ونبيك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعبادك الصالحون ونعوذ بك مما استعاذك منه عبدك ونبيك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وعبادك الصالحون وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ Oh Allah we ask you most generous we turn to you, Ya Allah, and we ask you, Ya Allah, that you grant us your love and the love of your Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that you bestow your love upon us and our loved ones and all of the Muslims, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen. And we ask you, Ya Allah, that you bless our gatherings this weekend, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen, and that you bless everyone who left their home to seek knowledge. And we ask you, Ya Allah, that you make these gatherings, gatherings that are witnessed in the highest assembly, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen. And we ask you, Ya Allah, that these gatherings are a source of true servitude to you and turning to you, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen. And that the lights of Islam spread far and wide in the east and west, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen. And that we turn to you and we receive your mercy and we receive your guidance and we receive your favors and blessings, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen. And we ask you, Ya Allah, that we always turn to you and that we witness your support and assistance and gentleness for us in every moment of our lives within us and our parents and and our children and our families and our loved ones, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen. And we ask you, Ya Allah, that you give relief to the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We ask you, Ya Allah, that you restore guidance within the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We ask you, Ya Allah, that you grant us a sincere repentance and you bring our hearts back to life, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen. There is no one to turn to but you, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen. We ask you, Ya Allah, just as you have allowed us to ask you that you fulfill this for us, Ya Arham Ar-Rahimeen. ويا أكرم الأكرمين عباد الله إن الله أمر بثلاث ونهى عن ثلاث إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر Thank you for listening to one of Al-Maqasid's online educational offerings. Our mission at Al-Maqasid is to cultivate holistic learning environments rooted in knowledge, devotion, and service by providing full-time, part-time, online, and community programs. For more information, please visit our website at almaqasid.org and connect with our other online content at almaqasid.org backslash connect.